Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. Now you are in for a treat in today's episode because I have psychotherapist Eunice Virgin on and we are talking all about codependency. What is a codependent relationship? Have you ever been in a codependent relationship? Are you currently in a codependent relationship? Someone once told me that I was in a codependent relationship and I didn't even know it. Yes, I was a codependent and someone was getting so many perks out of me because I was giving and giving and giving. It was an imbalance and I was not receiving as much love as I was putting out. And I'm glad this conversation is happening today because in last week's episode, we talked about 20 healthy ways to submit in a relationship. And that was in response to a podcast that I listened to with comedian and actress, Watch Jazzy. And she was talking all about how she just loves people back to health, that sometimes it's draining, but she just gives and gives and gives the love she wishes she could receive. And it's like, girl, that's not healthy. You know, that's kind of toxic. That's not right. Like, As much as you're pouring into someone else, someone else should be pouring into you. And that love that you're giving to someone else is love you should even be giving yourself, okay? The love that someone else gives to you is something that should be added on to what you're already giving to yourself. So I was really sad listening to her on that podcast. And I was thinking she sounds very codependent. So there are two parts to today's episode. Yes, because it gets real. We cannot fit everything into this one episode. So I was like, you know what? We're going to have a part two. So today we're going to talk about 10 things you should know about codependency, the signs of codependency, and how to be more aware and heal from codependency. It gets very interesting. It gets very real. We start talking about how it's a trauma response and it derives from childhood and how we can set boundaries. You know, I love that. And how to let our children set boundaries and let them be expressive so they are not growing up as a codependent. We also share some examples of codependency. So you can see, you know, if you've been guilty or if you know someone in your life who is a codependent. I love this episode. Be prepared to learn some things. Get your pen, get your paper out, write some things down. In next week's episode, we're going to talk about some tools and practical tips on how to heal from codependency and the shocking similarities between the codependent and the narcissist. That's happening in part two, which I'll air next Wednesday. But today, again, we are talking to Eunice, virgin psychotherapist. You can reach out to her on Instagram at Eunice, that's E-U-N-I-C-E-D-A therapist. So that's at Eunice, the therapist on Instagram. And you can email her at e virgin therapy at gmail.com. She's taking new clients in California. So reach out to her if you would like to talk to her more about codependency and how she can be your therapist. And also be sure to reach out to me on social media. I've been talking about submission and codependency on my TikTok at I am Ashley Caprice. You can also reach out everywhere at Go Girl Movement. All right. Now let's get into some girl talk. 
Hey, girls, welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. I am so excited because I have a licensed clinical therapist on the show today, Eunice Virgin. Welcome to the Go Girl podcast. Thank you so much, Ashley, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. It might not show, but in- internally, I'm like, <laughs> I can see it through your smile. Wanted to get you on because we actually met uh, a couple of months ago and it was a friend's dinner and we were having such a good conversation. And she was like, oh yeah, I'm a therapist. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get you on my podcast and we need to talk about codependent relationships. I think some people are in them and don't know that they're in them. They don't know the signs. They don't know how to heal from it. So we're going to be talking about that today on the Go Girl podcast. So first, if you can just define what is codependency. So I would define codependency as for the most part, it's a subconscious state. So most people that are codependent are not aware they're codependent. It has become a way of life. Most codependents began having codependency traits at a really young age. Um, Codependency is a trauma response, meaning that it's an adaptive way of surviving that they picked up in childhood. Most codependents either come from Abusive families, meaning that one parent suffered from addiction or there was a lot of like parentifying the child. So meaning that the child took on a parent's role early on. So you would find that in a lot of women, a lot of women tend to have way more codependency traits than men because just the way that our society um, shapes women, especially women of color, you find that a lot of us are caregivers and caretakers at a really young age. So codependency just basically means when you become completely enmeshed or intertwined with another person's emotions, well-being, and you just have no sense of identity. Mm -hmm. Your identity is really tied to the people that you're caring for, that you're worrying about, that you're enabling. It's, It's a very sad reality for a lot of people when they have that aha moment like I did a few years ago. And that could be very heavy because you are so intertwined with a lot of other people. I want to talk about your aha moment though and how you realized it was an aha moment and how did you get yourself out of it? What was your aha moment? Well, I think choosing this career as a therapist is a telltale sign that I have some codependency traits because I think anybody in the helping field, anybody that's in a caregiving position, whether it's like a doctor, a nurse, a therapist, we want to help people even to our own demise, even to our, even to the point where we neglect ourselves. That's something that you see big in codependency. People put themselves last. They don't really know what they want. They don't really rock the boat. They don't really like go out of their way to speak up for themselves. They just kind of, you know, want to keep the party going and they want to make sure everyone's happy. People pleasing is big for them. Like they feel very unsettled if they don't cater to everyone's needs. So for me, it was just like, you know, I came to a point where I realized that in my practice, in therapy with my clients, I recognize a lot of their codependency traits and a lot of their traumas from childhood that I could also relate to, right? Because of my lived experiences. So I started to just kind of make these connections like, why do these people have these traits? Or why do these people experience life in this way? Why do they respond emotionally this way? Like, I started to kind of keep track of like, responses, triggers. Mm. So a lot of people that are codependent have a fear of abandonment, a deep-rooted fear of abandonment. They don't like to be 
judged or criticized that hence the people pleasing you know they don't want people to think negatively about them so I started to just kind of monitor my own traits and my own codependency and I started to realize like wow like this is deep-rooted I've I've been programmed Mm. at a really young age to become a codependent and I didn't even know it my mother was a codependent my grandmother was a codependent like when I started to really look down our the history of the women in my family, I was like, whoa, we've been doing this enabling and caring for men and children and all this stuff for a very long time. And it's and it's the behavior that we learn and we pass down from generation to generation. Dependency in communities that have endured a lot of trauma, it's a survival mechanism for us. So let me be very clear. So people that have been colonized, enslaved, black and brown people, it was our way of surviving. So let me make sure that I don't shame anybody. It, the right. codependency can have this positive traits, but it, it could also become very adverse if you don't start to recognize it and start to build some boundaries. There can also be healthy codependency. So we can talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to make sure that I don't stigmatize it as like this terrible thing. A lot of us just don't know better. And when we don't know better, there's no way to to do better, right? Right. So you spoke about a lot of things there. That's a lot. Sorry, of... I was pretty loaded. I apologize. No, that's good. I love it. It's like generational trauma being passed down from um, yeah, generation to generation. We've dealt with a lot. We've dealt with a lot with uh, even slavery and whatnot and wanting to care for our children and our men and try to care for ourselves. But we put ourselves last a lot of times and that was passed down from generation to generation. Also, like with women, like you said, with society we're told, oh, women are so nurturing. Women put everyone else first as if that's supposed to be a good thing. And it's like, sometimes we get tired. Who's taking care of us, right? So like, we need to talk about that and some signs. You mentioned plenty of signs of codependency, but like how we can heal from that. Is it noticing our trauma and our triggers? Is it I heard you say set boundaries. That's one of my favorite things to talk about on the podcast. So we can go deeper into that. Like, what is it? Like, how can we heal from codependency? I think foremost, we have to recognize that it's a problem for you in your life. If it's not a problem in your life, then why fix something if it's not broke? For a lot of people, codependency starts to show its ugly face when relationships are one-sided, when they feel emotionally depleted because they're always giving and takers are always taking. When you start to have resentment towards people that you love, like your children, your partner, your mother, your sister, the people at the church. I grew up in a church where I saw all the women around me Mm -hmm. growing up normalizing codependency and giving and giving the sisters, you know, the ushers, everybody, all the women in the church were always caring for everybody. But then I realized as I got older, Nobody's really reciprocating. Right. Especially with my own mothers, really with her. It was like, nobody pours back into you, but you do all this pouring and then you end up empty and then you end up being resentful and angry at everybody. Angry. That's, that, that's not cute. So share with me an example of codependency then. Okay, so a perfect example of codependency that I find recurring with a lot of my patients and just like in, like just in my observations with codependence is that, for example, like if somebody says, hey, uh, do you want to go to dinner? What kind of food do you want? Codependent will usually say, oh, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they'll leave it at that. Oh, I don't care. Whatever you want to grab. We can go wherever you want to go. So for me, let me break that down. Why is that a codependency 
response or, you know, why is that, you know, not okay? In my opinion, I think that codependents don't really have a a sense of who they are. They really lack their ability to speak up just very like assertively about their needs, their wants. They really do the bare to rock the boat. They don't want to create any type of friction. Right. So whatever you want, I want it to. You like purple? I love purple. You like Chinese food? Oh my God, let's go get Chinese food. So they don't really like ever share their likes, what their opinions are. And to me, that's like a telltale sign. Like, well, who, like, you know, what is, what is, what, what makes you, you, what makes you different from that person? You know, is it that you just don't feel comfortable? Did nobody ask you what you liked growing up? Did nobody ever tell you to speak your mind? Were you constantly told, you know, I don't care what you like. So therefore you've internalized that. And now you just don't really feel comfortable. You don't feel safe sharing your likes or dislikes. Right. Like what makes you unique? And I and I feel that way that does happen in childhood because a lot of times kids are very in tune and they're very aware. And a lot of times parents or adults around them are like, oh, you're a child. You don't know better and would shut them down so much to the point where they're like, okay, like mom knows best or a dad knows best. So they seek that approval and validation from their parent. And then they become adults who are now in relationships and seeking approval and validation from their partner because they were never like validated when they were young with their feelings or whatever they wanted and needed. Yep, that's exactly it. What you just said, you hit it right on the nail. That's exactly, they've normalized that kind of dynamic in relationships because the first relationship that you have with your caregiver sets the tone for all of the relationships you'll have in the future as an adult. Yep. Well, what should we do with children then? Like how should we set boundaries or let them know that their voice should be heard? So let me tell you something with children. I, I learned this not too long ago and I'm still like scratching my head as I speak. I have a six year old and let me tell you, she is my biggest teacher. She tests all of my boundaries. (laughs) And she calls me out. Her voice, her mind, her likes, her dislikes, her opinions are clear as day. She is so assertive. It's frightening. (laughs) And I love it. Yes. I love it. Because like you stated previously, so many of us, that bright light was shut down. Our spirit was broken so early in the game. So my thing, when I realized that all children, if you truly pay attention to them and listen to them, all of us were born with boundaries. We all have boundaries. We just were taught to not honor our boundaries. My daughter will quickly tell me, I don't want to wear that. I don't like that. I don't like how you said that. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. Nope, not today. No problem with telling me what she likes, what she doesn't like, what she wants to do, what she doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. They do. But how do you respond to that? So as a mother, my job is to allow her to express herself, but I have to curtail it. I have to know what the limits are. Right. Right. Because if she tells me I want ice cream for breakfast, I understand that you want ice cream for breakfast and you want a Sunday, but that's not what we're going to do because of this reason. Because if you eat sugar on an empty stomach, it's going to upset your stomach and that's going to make you feel sick. And then da 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 da. So I have to, with children, you have to explain, inhale, exhale a million times. <laughs> right. Patience, 
My daughter is teaching me patience like nobody else. And you just have to learn to accept them for who they are. I think our society is obsessed with trying to control people and trying to shape them into become something that they're not. And that's why we have so many people that live their lives behind closed doors in secret or in shame or in guilt because they can't be authentically who they who they're born to be. Yep. And then they grow up with that like pain or wanting to just like come out and explode and be who they are. And everyone's just telling them, you know, who you are isn't good enough or isn't especially right. young girls, young yeah. little girls. We're we're teaching young little girls to accept misogyny, to accept the patriarchy, to quiet their voices, to not stroke a man's ego in the wrong way. Like you got to talk to a man like this. Do not, you know, like we're teaching young girls to like walk on eggshells around men, you know, to just kind of like, you know, soothe their ego, like kind of downplay their greatness because little girls are just so evolved. When you're when you're around little girls, you just pick up on their energy, their femininity, just like everything about little girls is beautiful. And I'm not dismissing boys. Boys are wonderful too and they're great. But there's just something really magical about, about little girls because they're really truly little women. They're learning, you know, so to teach them to impact. My thing is empowering my daughter, but still having boundaries with her, teaching her. So I've taught her like personal space. Like, Aisha, you're in my personal space, Aisha. Mommy needs alone time That's or good. mommy needs this or mommy's going to go away for the weekend with Auntie Laura because when I go away for two, three days, it helps me to be calm. It helps me to, you know, relax and it helps me to be a better mommy. And I come back feeling refreshed. It's okay to miss mommy and it's okay for mommy to miss you. Mm. And, and one thing that I do with my daughter a lot, when she calls me out or she says, I didn't like how you spoke to me or I don't like your tone or you're talking to me strict. I apologize. I grew up in an environment where my parents never apologize. I can count on one hand how many times my mom apologized growing up. Mm. Saying sorry to our children should be normalized. Yes. Recognizing when we made a mistake and saying mommy made a mistake and putting our pride to the side is so imperative to our child's emotional development and their mental well-being as adults. Like all of these things have consequences later in life. All of that. All of that. Being a parent just seems tough. But like you said, I love that you explain things to your your daughter. And I love that you are pretty much guiding her and protecting her, right? So it's like, okay, no, you can't do this, but here is why. And, or yes, you know, you're able to say whatever you need to say and mommy apologizes for this. So it's, it's like validating how she's feeling. However, you're also saying, I, I see what I did wrong and you're taking accountability. Like you're showing her yeah. so much so young. And I'm doing that so that I don't create another codependent, yeah. right? So subjects. So by me doing all these things that are emotionally exhausting, yes, it's tiring to parent this way. Yes, older generations, older folks in my family, oh, you talk to her too much. You give her too many options. Why does a child have to tell you what? I get it. Old school parenting and all ways of doing things doesn't sit well with my grandparents or my parents or, you know, older generations. But I'm raising a child that is, we're breaking these generational traumas, these family traumas. Like we're doing things differently because 
I don't want the same cycle to continue. Yeah, you got to break the cycle. That's a, It's a lot on you. It's a lot on you, I'm sure. And it's heavy for you. However, like she is going to be so much better because of it and because of your knowledge. Like, I think we're in this space where we're all taking care of our mental health. And I won't say all, but a lot of people are taking care of their mental health and thinking about self-care and self-love or whatnot so that we can pass that on because it'll be selfish to just learn it and keep it for yourself and just share it with your clients. Like train them young, start young, start when they're kids. So then they can grow up healthy and knowing that they do have a voice, you know, that they can speak up and that they can set boundaries. And if someone's not respecting it, then they can just bow out and they don't have to become codependent and try to shut down what they need and give their needs to uh, or satisfy someone else's needs and forget their own. So I love the way you're parenting, but I'm also part of your generation. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, because that, in my opinion, is self-betrayal. We teach Absolutely. children to self-betray at a really young age to well, the time they get to you know our age, like 30 plus or even in their 20s, right? They're self-betraying constantly. They're getting in relationships that are unhealthy. You know, they're, you know, befriending people that, you know, they don't really vibe with or that they don't really have things in common, but, you know, they're just going to continue these toxic friendships because, hey, I've known you since kindergarten. Like, I'm all about cutting people off that are no longer serving a purpose in my life. Like, you came in for a season and for a reason, and now it's time to, you know, chunk the deuces. Like, it's okay to, like, let people go. It's okay to let people go. Yeah, it's another thing that codependents do. They love their fear in their mind of losing someone is so great that they will tolerate the abuse. They will tolerate the disrespect because the thought of not having of that friend of 20 years, not having that partner of five years or six years or that job, that abusive job for seven years will, uh, will keep them there. And that to me is just so disheartening to know that you will subject yourself to that type of self-betrayal on a regular basis. And that's when you really start to have, you know, mental health issues like depression, major depressive disorder. And I'm talking like a clinical depressive disorder where you have a major episode, having panic attacks, having serious anxiety that's crippling, you know, or having a lot of PTSD-like symptoms, you know, because you're allowing so much toxic behavior into your life. Yep. sake of saying, I have a husband or I have a wife or, you know, or I'm employed. Like people need to understand that abuse in relationships, whether it's a mother, a father, a coworker, a boss, a boyfriend, a girlfriend is not going to cause you anything positive to come out of that. It's only going to create more stress in your life and it's going to create a lot of mental health problems for you. And that's why you have so many people with chronic, you know, depression and anxiety and stress because they just don't know how to say no. No. Mm. And it's sad, at least in my world and what I've seen and what I've experienced. It's just, I don't think that's the way that we should live our lives. I hear you and I get that. And it's so sad because it's like in a way they've settled. And however, though, um, a lot of people, I don't think know that there's another way. Right. Like I see so many memes and and videos online where people are sharing like the jobs that they love or the person that they love, they love or whatever. And people are like, yeah, but that doesn't really exist. And it's so sad. 
and and heartbreaking that there are so many people out there that don't know that there is a better way. <laughs> like you don't have to settle. There is better out there for you. However, yes, you have to get away from feeling like you need someone or pretty much you have to be okay with being alone sometimes to find that out, to find out what you really need. And that's a great segue. Let me, so I love how you said that. That is beautifully stated. Ashley, I, I think you're a therapist low key too. I told you the last time when I met <laughs> Because the way you're just, you, you you understand what's going on. You understand the shift that is happening, the spiritual shift that we're having, this awakening. And people need to recognize that being alone is a beautiful thing. And I'm not saying that partnership isn't beautiful and it can be very fruitful, but being aligned with the right person for the right reasons is a must. It's imperative. Yes. You know, so I guess I just wanted to share like 10 things you should know about codependency. So, you know, I got this, you know, from a website, you know, from a fellow therapist, you know, and it's just like just giving like some red flags or things that you should look out for, you know, for codependency traits. So the first thing that they mentioned is codependency is a trauma response, which I stated earlier, and it's mostly rooted in childhood. Codependency feels shameful. People that are codependent are very ashamed. They were guilt tripped as children a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They just possibly, I would say that a lot of times it's the mothers that do a lot of the shaming, like a lot of the guilt tripping and some fathers too. But I see that a lot. Like, why did you, why did you do that? Why didn't you wear this? Why didn't you think about that? Like, what made you think of that? Or why didn't you think of that? So that constant, like just being that critic in a child's voice and in a child's mind can be very detrimental to their emotional well-being. And they, end up becoming very ashamed of themselves. And then they get in relationships with, with partners that are constantly shaming them, basically reliving that trauma that they experienced in childhood. The third one is codependency is an unhealthy focus on other people's problems, their feelings and needs. Like I said, they're completely intertwined with another person. Their identity is tied to the other person's identity. Codependents are very sensitive to criticism. Number five, codependents are super responsible Oh, I could definitely see that because they're so reliable and dependable and they want to be there for everyone else, but not know how to be there for themselves. So number six says codependents wall off their own feelings. That's interesting. And I guess we can see that too, because they're concerned with how everyone else is feeling and want everyone else to feel safe and everyone else to feel at peace and, you know, everyone else to be happy. And then they take care of their own feelings. So they're always putting someone else's needs first, someone else's feelings first. And then take care of their own feelings. All right, so what's number seven? So number seven is codependents don't ask for what they need. So basically, they suppress their feelings, their wants, their needs, because they don't want to come across as difficult or, you know, not be likable. So that goes back to that, like, you know, wanting to be liked by everybody, people pleasing. Number eight, codependents give even when it hurts. So basically... You know, you know that you don't have the emotional wherewithal, but you're still giving to somebody else. You're still taking on your girlfriend's call at 10 o'clock when you've had a long day with your children and you had an argument with your, you know, boss, but here you are listening to your best friend's drama. I'm not saying that we can't hold space for other people, but you have to know when you can hold space. And when you're not well, you can't give to others, you know? It's like knowing your own boundaries, knowing your own limits. Number nine, codependency isn't a mental health diagnosis. So it's not like something that, you know, I would diagnose a patient for. What I usually do is I look out for these signs and I kind of like asked a lot of open-ended questions. And then I would be like, you know, I feel like I'm, 
you know, noticing a lot of codependency traits, which has to do with like childhood trauma or like the way that, you know, you know, you were raised, you know, so I kind of like try to normalize it. That happens to a lot. I tell a lot of my women, you know, patients, like, you know, a lot of women tend to have codependency traits because it's just the way society don't internalize. It's not your fault. You know, we all, you can have low codependency traits to really high codependency traits, kind of like on a scale, you know, I think it's important to just recognize when you're so codependent, it's affecting your quality of life in your relationships. You know what I mean? Like you're always complaining about somebody not doing enough for you or somebody taking advantage of you. Well, it's like, well, what are you doing to get that? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Why are you allowing that? All right. Like what's happening? Like what boundaries are you not setting? You know, what Mm -hmm. signs do you send to those people that they think that that behavior is acceptable? Oh, that's a good one right there. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have to understand like people, people that are takers, people that, you know, like, to just take from people that are manipulative, that are toxic, this, you know, famous word that we have nowadays, mm-hmm. they seek out people they can take advantage of. Yep. So they seek out weak people that they seem as weak, people that they think they can take advantage of, people that they can exploit, you know, and codependents, you know, they're just so open to give and give and give and just have boundaries. I mean, what else do we expect, right? Yeah. However, some people like to feel needed. Like, and that's the codependency because that yeah. feels their identity. That's what makes them feel wanted. They feel good when they can do for somebody else because it takes away from themselves. They don't have the emotional awareness to look within and look at their deficits. They're looking at everybody else's deficits and they're trying to pour into them instead of pouring into themselves and fixing their own internal state. Gosh, that's exhausting. That's extremely exhausting. So imagine being in an environment where that's how you were raised and that's how you were taught to be and it was normalized. Then you just kind of carry that cycle on and on and have no awareness why you feel the way you feel. Stressed and depleted, all of it. It's like, okay, well, we'll get to some signs, but go ahead or it's some uh, healing. Mm -hmm. The last one is that this is the hopeful part and I love this one. The last, it ends with, you know, things you should know about codependency is that you can change codependency. Codependency is not a fixed state. You can actually do some internal work. You can actually start to heal codependency and learn, you know, how to set boundaries, learn how to set healthy coping skills, learn how to, you know, speak up for yourself. Communication, you know, be very assertive in your communication is something that you can work on to become more aware and to stop some of the abuse that you're experiencing from other people or from relationships that are no longer serving you. Yes, it's so important to be assertive, to get out of that codependency role, all right? You should both be independent and both come together and have a beautiful relationship with other people. That could be a friendship. That could be any type of relationship. You should be able to speak up, speak your mind, say your piece, say what you want, set boundaries, and have a respectful, loving relationship. So, This was part one of this episode. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Please let me know what parts resonated with you. You can hit me up on social media at I am Ashley Caprice or at Go Girl Movement. Also, be sure to reach out to Eunice. You can hit her up on Instagram at Eunice the Therapist. Okay, so that's E-U-N-I-C-E-D-A Therapist. Or email her, eversiontherapy at gmail.com. I enjoyed her so much that we are going to have part two next week where we are talking about the shocking similarities between the codependent 
and the narcissist, how to change codependency patterns, and she'll share some tools with us, okay? So be sure to subscribe, follow, like, rate, leave a review, share, do all those great things. I appreciate you for listening this week. Codependency no more, okay? I hope you learned something great from this episode, girls. And until next time, you are worthy, you are enough. I'm proud of you. Go girl. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? 10 chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.